This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Your letters, your stories, your urban myths passed down to us and read back to you. (laughs) In your face. Into your face for the year 2020. That's right. Go. First one. Okay. No subject line because apparently the the website doesn't take it anymore. That's right. Hi, furry friends and also the hosts of the show. (laughs) When I was in 10th grade, we had a sex ed class once a week during our gym period and during our discussions sorry I just lost my place immediately and during our discussions we got into the topic of consent and rape this is when our gym teacher shared the following story with us that still gives me chills to this day oh, she had a close friend during university who worked at a local bar um, she had big red curly hair and a personality to match so she made friends with the patrons really easily she had one guy that came in somewhat regularly who she would talk to often and tell him how her classes were going and just other small talk he was handsome and charming and always tipped well so of course she never turned down a chat just by chance in all their talks she never happened to mention to this man that she was planning on quitting her bar job and moving into her boyfriend's place across the city and this is what saved her life Mm. because it turns out that man was paul bernardo shut your mouth he had found out where her parents house was that she was living in at the time (gasps) and would watch her for weeks from the window and videotape her in her room holy fuck he wrote in his journals about her referring to her as quote big red and this is eventually how she found out she was one of his potential victims because this is how he would often greet her when he would come in oh my god we're talking the Scarborough rapist we're talking the Ken and Barbie killer Paul (sighs) Bernardo the worst thing to come out of Canada since some band that could be a funny reference right here that's Canadian. <laughs> the night he planned to attack her happened to be the day after she moved out so she never came home to her parents that night therefore saving her life. <sighs> Bernardo was caught pretty soon after I believe and that's when she went to the police after recognizing him on the news and they put the pieces together. She even had to watch some of the videos he took of her oh my- just to confirm it was in fact her. God. How unnerving would uh, that be? Yeah. You'll never feel safe again. I learned about your podcast from a popular influencer and fan. Shout out, Dr. Pepper Princess. Who's that? I'm going to follow them right now. <laughs> oh, wait. Someone's calling me. Why is someone calling me? Is I it the Dr. Pepper me. Princess? Oh, my God. What if it's the Dr. Princess? Ask her if she heats up her Dr. Pepper around the holidays and, and makes hot toddies out of Dr. Let Pepper. Let me see. Dr. Pepper Princess. All right. Here she is. Oh, yeah. She's a murderino. And an influencer? Probably, too. You sure? Yeah. Thanks, Dr. Pepper Princess. <laughs> 
And have been hooked ever since. Thanks for helping me get through my workday and make my boyfriend occasionally think I'm plotting his murder. So, yeah, stay sexy and don't make friends with serial killers just because they tip you well. Amethyst. That was excellent. That was incredible. Excellent, Amethyst. Good job. Good job. This is what we like. This is a step. You want to hear one about Ted Bundy's car? Hell yes. All right. Okay. Uh, hey, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and chorus of furry pals. Okay. All right. We were talking about JonBenet Ramsey at a party and ended up with a bunch of non-murderinos in that classic party huddle where everyone shares their hometown and favorite murders. Nice. Yay. Dream huddle. One of our friends is from Tallahassee, where Ted Bundy ended his murder career. When old Ted was ferried to and from the courthouse in those days, they would drive him there in a station wagon with a grill between the front seat and the back. For some reason, when the state sold the station wagon, our friend's dad, being an entrepreneurial sort, decided to buy the Bundy Mobile. Yes. So whenever his friends and his brother went anywhere as kids, they went in that station wagon, still with the bars between the front and back seats. Okay, sorry. <laughs> the dad bought the station wagon, but used it as the family car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And left in the dog grate. Left in... Serial killer grate. Left in the serial killer. You'll get choked to death <laughs> if we didn't have this here. Great. Dad. Our friends even took turns... Our friend even took turns with his brother playing Ted Bundy. Yes, as in, oh, who's going to be Ted today? Said in a sweet southern twang. <laughs> Oh, my God. A bit, a bit that our friend doesn't know is this. The reason that station wagon was sold off, almost certainly because Bundy was executed in 1989. Yeah. SSDGM and don't put your kids in the Bundy mobile, <laughs> Talia and April. <laughs> oh, that's rad. That's, I mean, it all has to go somewhere. It has to go somewhere. And that somewhere is the fucking 80s. Yes. Because they're just like, no, no, we're going to buy that and leave it like that. And every it doesn't matter that the worst serial killer. I just thought he was the entrepreneurial spirit was that he was going to then sell it to some kind of a place or museum I thought so or too, whatever. but it must have been like $10. <laughs> it must have been. <laughs> he's just always looking for a bargain. They're just like, yeah. no one wants to be Nobody. in the haunted station wagon. I'll take it. It's hilarious. I would drive it. No, I wouldn't. Would I? Would I? I don't know. Do it. Hi, MFM crew and animals. Hmm. I started listening to this show this past summer and just got caught up enough to finally send in the story. I love you guys, but I'll save the pandering for the end <laughs> and get right into it. My parents were both thriving young adults in the 70s and 80s, mm -hmm. a.k.a. prime serial killer time. One night after dinner, I decided to ask them if they had any crazy stories to tell me. But really, I wasn't expecting much. But then my dad said, oh, yeah, I parked the Gallegos's van. Hmm. From 1978 to 1980, Gerald and Charlene Gallego terrorized Sacramento kidnapping young girls and young women, holding them hostage before killing and disposing their bodies, <sighs> disposing of their bodies. All of the victims had been raped and beaten before they were murdered. And out of the 10 victims, nine bodies were found, including 21 year old Linda Aguilar, who was four months pregnant. Aww. The two were arrested in late 1980, early 1981. And in 1983, Gerald, I hope I'm who cares if I'm pronouncing it right? Gerald was sentenced to death. However, that was overturned and he died in prison in 2002. Charlene received 16 years and eight months after promising to fully cooperate and confess everything. She was released no. in 1997. No, no deals for killers, please. She was released. I know. As a team, years. serial killer team. Yeah. You know what? That's fine. Go yeah. rent an apartment somewhere and get a yeah. job at the drugstore. You know what? You're going to have less years than people than some of your victims had on Earth. Yes. In jail for your crimes. 
Good point. Fuck you. During their spree, my dad was working as a parking attendant at Harrow's, at Harrow's Casino in oh, Lake Tahoe. Oh, my God. God, I love it. That casino is legendary. Every couple of months, Gerald and Charlene would drive up to the valet in a large beat-up van, of course. My dad said that whenever they pulled up, he and his co-workers would argue over who had to go park it and get the car because of the terrible smell (gasps) inside. I don't even want to imagine what he was surrounded by every time he got into that van. That's like making my skin crawl. I expected that to be the end of it. I had never heard of the Galegoses before, so I was ready to go up to my room and do all the research to craft this hometown. Mm -hmm. Then my mom turned to him and said, who was that old woman that came into the hotel in Sacramento? The one with all the bodies in her backyard. And I immediately (laughs) stood up and screamed, you serve drinks to Dorothea Puente? (laughs) This is like my hometown. Yeah. After the casino, my dad worked as a bartender at the Holiday Inn in Sacramento. Yes. I guess Dorothea thought he mixed a good drink because my dad remembers her coming in a lot and Every time she did, my dad would tell her, could tell there was something off about her. She creeped him out beyond belief. Oh my God. An old, a little old lady. Yeah, creepy. Um, especially the fact that she tipped in jewelry instead of cash. That's pretty baller. Each time she came in, she'd have a brand new ring or necklace <gasps> to give out. Oh wait, no. Yeah. <laughs> see what, see what that means? I see. My dad would always turn them down, but one of the waitresses he worked with had developed a collection of all the pieces that Dorothea would give her. <laughs> Thank God dad never took them because after her arrest, the police came in and inter- interviewed everyone. When the waitress mentioned the jewelry, the police immediately had her turn everything over yeah. informing her that they had most definitely belonged to the victims that had been found in her backyard. <sighs> oh, it's so creepy. That is a, She's like, you can have this whole jewelry box and my dresser. Right. Here's and my ID. And my earlobes. <laughs> Love the podcast and thank you for making my college experience a little bit easier. Stay sexy and don't get in a van that smells weird or accept jewelry from creepy old ladies. Jess. Nice one, Jess. Oh. That was a, a twofer. That, right? That was a that was a Sacramento a Sacramento powerhouse. It's weird that we've never done the Galegoses. Yeah, I've, n- I've never heard of it. Uh, I, that was an early one for me. I was like twelve when that wow, happened. Oh, you got to do it. But I I don't know why. Maybe maybe that one was kept from me somehow. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that one. All right, this is called "I Danced Awkwardly in Front of the Cheshire Murderer." Ooh. Hi, Georgia, Stephen, and Associated Creatures. <laughs> nice. <laughs> My hometown is in is the very suburban and rather affluent town of Cheshire, Connecticut, made famous by the home invasion murders of the Petite family that occurred there in 2007. Horrible. The crime was shocking in its brutality and also because of the one of the murderers came from a prominent local family. Josh Joshua Kamasajewski. Insane. Yes. Was adopted by very religious parents who also took in foster children, one of whom allegedly sexually abused him as a boy. Joshua's adopted paternal grandparents were extremely prominent figures. Theodore Komasarjevsky was a famous Russian theater director and son of a princess. Shit. Three exclamation marks. (laughs) We love royalty on this show. (laughs) And Ernestine Stodel was a modern dancer who had performed with Martha Graham and became an author and dance teacher later in life. Wow. Miss Stodel, as I knew her, lived in a bucolic 65 acre farm in the rural outskirts of Cheshire with her son and his family, including young Joshua. 
Enter me, an awkward preaching with little to no dancing ability, who took lessons in the gorgeous converted barn studio. Wow. I recall a high beam ceiling and a baby grand piano that Miss Stoudel herself would play to accompany our efforts, and then she would serve us cookies and juice. She was incredibly graceful and refined, and an uh, extremely kind teacher. Her grandson, Josh, Joshua Komisarjewski, was around my age, but homeschooled and would have been living on the grounds of the dance studio when I was traipsing around in tights and a leotard, innocent and carefree and mostly in it for the snacks. Huh. <laughs> in addition to the alleged sexual abuse, he had severe mental health issues and apparently suffered from no fewer than five head traumas during childhood. Yeah. I was no longer living in Cheshire when the Petit family was murdered. Is it Petit? Is that right? I'm not sure. I want. I was gonna say Pettit. Pettit. Is it P E T I T? Yeah, I think it's Pettit. Fuck. Sorry. But I. But I don't know that for okay. sure. Sorry, everyone. When they they were murdered, but I was definitely creeped out to learn that one of the perpetrators was related to my former dance instructor and was lurking on the premises when I was studying with her. It was such a senseless act of cruelty, and I was relieved to learn that Mrs. Stodel, although still living, was unaware of her grandson's crimes. She died a few months after the murders occurred at the age of 95. Such a tragic situation all around, and it shattered the locals' false sense of security in our quaint New England town. Thanks for covering the Cheshire murders in one of your early episodes. Yeah, I didn't. I, right. I got so excited when you mentioned your friend Sean, because of course I know him and did <gasps> theater with him back in the day. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. He and James Vanderbeek are probably the only famous people who are not murderers <laughs> from our town. <laughs> SSDGM, Meredith. Uh, thanks, Meredith. Yeah, that's um, my friend Sean. Uh, who is the one that recommended that that was right when I was starting at a job that he and I worked at together mm-hmm. and he totally did that thing where he was like hey so have you ever heard of this one oh, is and that the one with, with the fire yes oh. and the dad runs to the neighbor of like somebody go yeah. do something it's so awful it's so awful and so extremely violent yeah. and sen- like when they say senseless and you know when Sean was telling me about it it's like a, of course that classic thing where people are like no one locks their door everyone walks around it's a very specific like kind of lifestyle and then everyone was just horrifying so horrible there's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back i know it sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone but it also sounds like we just sold some merch that's right and if you're a shopify user like us you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye 
If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Maiden. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'll, I'll read you half the title. Okay. Nurse Mom Stories. Great. Okay. So masked up MFM crew. A few minisodes ago, you asked for nurse mom stories. I meant to write in earlier, but dot, 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 quarantine life with a five-year-old. Mm. Oh, oh my God. Damn it. No. Bless you and bless your soul. Mm-hmm. My mom was a nurse when my sisters and I were growing up. She worked in both the ER and in labor and delivery throughout her career in Denver and in Orange County. Though her accounts from her time spent as an RN range from crazy car baby deliveries mm. due to massive Denver snowstorms to having to do an emergency C-section solo as an RN what? due to a doctor not answering his pager. Dude! <laughs> and then in parentheses, the 70s were a different time. <laughs> a couple standout. Like the time an ambulance pulled up with a non-responsive individual, her and the ER team worked 15 minutes to try and revive him with no success. After 15 minutes flatlined, the man sat straight up, pulled the tube out of his mouth, threw it on the floor, and laid back down, all while still flatlined. To this day, the hairs on the back of my mom's neck stand up when she recounts that story. What? But but did he go on to live or was he still dead? I think he, he was sit still up dead. And he was... <laughs> 
but he did a thing that only living people can do. Or can they? That's why they need to keep experimenting on on <laughs> bodies. You're justifying I the am. last letter with the next I'm letter. I'm justifying uh, Back to the Future 3. <laughs> That's right. I love for it. Okay, but the thing about my mom's time as an RN that stands out most to my sisters and I is how she worked in the ER alongside Jeffrey McDonald. No. The the Jeffrey McDonald still in prison for murdering his whole family. Not only did she work with him, they were friends. And here's how I found out that little detail. One night when I was only 10 years old, I was somehow permitted to stay up late watching TV with my parents before bed. That was a mistake. They were watching a made-for-TV movie called Fatal Vision, apparently about Jeffrey McDonald's murdering of his family. I was too scared to move, let alone go to bed. After the movie, my dad looks at me and says, oh, and your mom's friends with him. She says he didn't do it. <laughs> Needless to say, I barely slept for years. And to this day, she says, quote, everyone loved him. He didn't kill his family. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Cheers to all the nurses out there, many in my family included. Be considerate and wear a mask. And don't let your 10-year-old stay up late watching movies about murderers you know. Lori. <laughs> the scariest thing, I feel like uh, in a kid's mind, it's like my parents know this murderer. That means that they might be in on it and murderers sure. too. Possibly. Although I believe that the Jeffrey McDonald story is the one that Errol Morris went on to write a book and I think make a movie about. Mm -hmm. um, it's the one with the hippies, oh, right? I did, uh, I did right. that one. And yeah. Yes, you did. And, and Errol Morris's whole thing is that the whole case was botched and it is, yeah. he is innocent. I just, w I wish I couldn't, I wish, I wish I could believe that because the way those poor children were killed is just horrific and the thought it's of. It's so awful. It's really awful, but I think there was there. It's interesting. I, it's an interesting thing because mm -hmm. I'm I still that. haven't figured it oh out. Oh my god! Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, we, I did that case years ago, and I still know the details of it. It's just so horrible. Yeah. So it's I, bad. I, yeah, it's too, very bad. I'm adjusting my levels, even though I don't really know what that means. Okay. Okay. Thank you to Stephen for dropping uh, equipment off at my house without touching anything right well you don't know that what you don't know what That's he touched true. on that on that equipment oh god i mean i don't tell him but i fucking wiped everything down again so we're good you <laughs> can absolutely hear you oh shit okay um this one's just called hometown story okay greetings true crime royalty oh, oh. In the late 90s to early 2000s, I was a young teen living in the outskirts of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. There was also a serial killer running loose at this time. Oh. Yeah. The paranoid murderino that I was, and still am, was convinced he was stalking me and I was going to die. My mom worked in a bar, so I was a latchkey kid. Hmm. So anytime I heard strange noises outside, I would call her freaked out. Do you remember how often you used to call your mom at work? Oh, yes. Constantly. When you were a latchkey kid? Yeah. Oh, was at the mental hospital, me and my sister <laughs> yeah. be like, Laura won't give me the brush. <laughs> She's like, I have other problems I will, to deal with. I will kill you both when I get home. <laughs> um, the Baton Rouge serial killer was named Derek Todd Lee. He killed seven women between 1992 and 2003. Although there are many others that are not confirmed. This case was the first in history to use DNA to determine an unknown person's race. The details are quite interesting, but we, will, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Lee was arrested in 2003. Wouldn't you know it, my mom recognized him. He used to come in and play $100 in her bar's poker machine once a week. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. Those bar flies. Later in life, I also read a book called I've Been Watching You, which taught me that Lee was raised in the house in front of my family's small private cemetery. 
Your oh, family has a sh- fucking. Y- you have your own cemetery. Oh, bougie. Okay, uh, okay, queen of the goths. Who's the royalty? Of, <laughs> who's true crime royalty now? Your own cemetery. That's right. Yep, you guessed it. He played in our cemetery and climbed his trees, etc. Well. That's what I have. Stay sexy and keep being open about mental health. I dig it. Love y'all. Tiff. Tiff oh. with the private cemetery. <laughs> Tiff. <laughs> Tiff, the heiress to the gravestone fortune. <laughs> who, who is she? Okay. Good job, Tiff. S- send us your stories, all of them. Amazing set, everybody. Great job. Great job. My favorite murder at Gmail, or you can do it on the website as well. My favorite murder. Please do. Com. Spooky Halloween. Spooky Halloween. And, and stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie?